How would you like to help me deal the next generation of super weapons to the world? The weapons of tomorrow. I've already made quite a few of these dandy little toys. Do you really want to be the only ones without my kind of firepower? Terrorizing our cities today. Officers down. We got a big problem here. Now, to protect those who can't fight back. Gang still messing with him? Worse than ever. One man must stand up for the people. Maybe the police aren't enough. Maybe we need a new kind of firepower for ourselves. Gotcha, bro. What exactly am I supposed to be doing here? We make our own kind of weapons to take out the ones in the streets. To stop the enemy without hurting them. And become a new breed of hero. I might get a little dangerous. I laugh at danger. I'll boogie around danger like a soul-trained dancer. With a will of iron, a heart of gold, and a body of steel. It's hammer time. What a magnetic personality. We gotta admit the guy's got style. Welcome back to Pop Culture Historians, everybody out there in podcast land for another week of 90s superhero movies. We're getting close to the end of the uh, decade uh, in terms of actual episodes, maybe not exactly in years. We're in Strike Dab in the middle of 1997, and boy, what a year it's been, and the hits just keep on going. My name <laughs> is Ryan Ritter. That's Jimmy McShane on the line there. Jimmy, how you doing tonight? I'm doing well. How are you? <laughs> Oh, I'm doing fine. Uh, <laughs> I feared what I what I feared happened. Uh, putting this that sort of happened, and that we we're kind of in this weird space where, like, we haven't watched an actual like good movie in a while. Um, you know, no, we haven't. It's true. Um, God, even like. And- was was the Phantom the best movie we watched so far? Phantom's probably the best. There's there's sort of a maximalist kind of fun thing about like Batman and Robin, I suppose. And you know, we had a whole conversation about that. But no, uh, yeah, I mean, Phantom's probably the only one I'd ever like show another person like on purpose. <laughs> I think up to this point, outside um, of like. You got, I mean, this one I might show to somebody, but not because I'm like, this movie's so good, you have to watch it. Yeah, uh, to be fair, I watched this one with my wife. So, you know, I guess I did, <laughs> I guess I, I guess I did show it to someone, I guess. It's, it's kind of a liberal use of that phrase, but, the, you know, I, I didn't watch it alone. Um, and you shouldn't watch it alone. Uh, that movie, of course, that we're talking about is 1997 Steel. Well, I'll be damned. John Henry Irons has turned himself. Based off the DC comic character, believe it or not, this was based off an actual comic character, although you wouldn't know it because the movie has nothing to do with the actual character. 
uh, we'll jump into, uh, well, everything. We got a lot to get to and not a whole lot of time to do it. But I will mention uh, the character in the comics kind of rose to prominence in the 90s after the death of Superman. Uh, Doomsday, of course, kills Superman uh, famously. and still sort of recruited to be like the replacement Superman, which I think has some symbolic significance considering who plays him in the movie. Maybe a man who has only ever wanted to be Superman and nothing else in his life. And that's, that's of course, Shaquille O'Neal. Um, and we finally get to talk about it, Jimmy. It's, it's arrived. This is a day I've been waiting for for a long time. We get to talk about <laughs> Shaquille, we get to flex other muscles in our brains that we normally have to save for off the pod, but we get to bring in <laughs> sports from our youth. Um, and we will, we'll get into all of that, but uh, as we are, always do, unless we forget at the top of the show, we need to bring in our professional movie reviewer friend. That's, of course, Leonard Malton, which means it's Lenny's Movie Corner. <laughs> I'm sure we have some very good music playing over this. Hopefully not too loud. Hopefully you can still hear us. But this is where I pull out uh, Leonard Malton's 2010 movie guide. We're going to flip through, find his little capsule review. We're going to predict what he gave it. I can, I can play this round. I don't think I've looked this one up yet. And then we're going to read his synopsis so we can get an idea of what the movie's about. Because we're sure not going to do it. And then we'll see if we agree. So Steel, what do you what do you think Leonard Malton gave 1997's Steel, starring Shaquille O'Neal? Bomb. I think I think bomb. Again, to, to clarify for people who uh oh yeah, I always mess this up. Yeah, yeah. Go, to, do it. To clarify for people who maybe just join us this week because they're just huge Steel fans. They're um, out there. Leonard Malton has a scale that goes four is the maximum, and it goes half the star down. And the lowest rating is a one star. There's no zero stars, but he calls a one star a bomb. So it goes bomb, one star and a half, two stars, two stars and a half, three stars, three stars and a half, four stars. Yeah, maybe people want to play along, you know. Maybe they're in their head, they're like, ooh, I'm trying to remember. Because, you know, everyone has, like, a guide in their library somewhere. And they're like, oh, what, of did, course, he, what right. did he give it? Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah, I, I, I'm feeling like a, like a two. I don't know. I think he's going to be oh, like... Oh, okay. You think he's going to be nice to it? Okay. I think he's just going to call it like bland. I don't think he's going to be like offended by it. I think he saves the bomb for like things he's offended by. But I don't know. I could be wrong. Let's see. Steel. Lots of movies uh, named Steel or have the worst... Oh, I almost had a heart attack. I almost thought it said two and a half stars. But that's, of course, the Lee Majors movie from 1980, also called Steel. No. Uh, uh, you know what? We we sort of we sort of split right down the middle. One and a half. One and a half. Okay. Mm-hmm. Film version of DC Comics is Steel with basketball great Shaq in the title role as a tall superhero with a heart of gold, wearing a funny metal suit, and doing battle with stereotypical enemies of modern civilization. As endearing as Shaq can be, he should definitely not give up his day job. Okay, so that's that's what her wow. opinion. Um, <laughs> kind of nailed that one in, sort of fitting. Um, but he gets he gets, he cuts to the heart of it. Shaq is, yeah. of course, uh, in a funny metal suit. He is fighting. What did you say? Villains of modern civilization. I think they just yeah, like stereotypical <laughs> villains of modern civilization. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about that because there's a there's a there's a movie fact I learned about this that did not surprise me in the least. But we'll get there. Okay. Okay. Do we first? Do we agree? One and a half. Is that fair? Is it too kind? Is it too um, 
too mean. Uh, Jimmy, what did you think of Steel? Well, first, have you had you seen this before? I had Answer, seen yeah. clips before, or part, or maybe I saw it on it was on TV. I'm like, oh, I remember this terrible movie coming out. I got to watch part of it. Um, but not really, to answer your question. Um, I had not really seen it. Uh, I went in with low expectations. And it's a bad movie. I don't know any way around it. It's not a good movie. <laughs> I was kind of charmed by it. Uh, so I, I, I didn't, like, hate watching it. I, I'd say the biggest sin is that it's kind of, well, besides the fact that it's really poorly acted um, by, its, by its main star, and even some of the sporting cast yeah, is I didn't not think, doing a great job. I didn't think anyone was, like, particularly good in this. <laughs> Oddly enough, I thought Annabeth Gish was, like, the best actress. and it's, that, that may be true, but, well, we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll get it. Um, and so... But yeah, mostly it was kind of like boring a little bit, you know. It, it was very earnest and cheesy. Um, we tried to rely, it tried to like rely on Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal's like kind of natural charm and charisma, which he has. Um, but I don't think, but they also tried to make him like a, a serious character, which he's he's not. You know that. Right. I mean, I mean, I mean, he's a real person. I understand that, but like as his persona, you know, is not that's that's not quite right. Of course, I mean, he was. I don't think he was ever destined to be a movie star. I mean, he picked the right career for himself. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. Despite all the negative things I'm saying about it, I was somewhat charmed by it. Still, yeah. No, I think I I pretty much come down. The same as you, because it is. It's like it's 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 a it's a poor film. It's as pl- it's as plain as the uh, what's the phrase like the, it's plain as the nose on his face or something. Like yeah, it's 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 plain as day. This movie is yeah. uh, very bad. Um, <laughs> but it's hard to write off completely because it's you know when you hear a movie starring Jack from the nineties, you you kind of adjust your expectations accordingly. And it's hard for me to say it didn't meet my expectations. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah, I, this was I, never I, going to be good. And it's about as bad as you expect it to be, which I think makes it less offensive than, like, Spawn, which, like, I don't think had to be as bad as it was. Yeah, like, Spawn, we, we Spawn tore that could up, have been like, a good movie. Yeah, Spawn could have been a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> it just wasn't. Yeah, sure. It just, it just didn't happen. But this is, like, this was never going to work. You put, you Not put with Shaq. I, I did see online, like, I was kind of curious, like, was Shaq their first choice for this? And the answer is, of course, no, and you'll get into it. You yeah. get a different lead actor. I, I do think there's something here. I think the core of the story is solid. But the execution, more than just with Shaq, the execution isn't. And mostly because, like, I don't know, the, we'll, we'll get into it. The, the villain is Yeah, bland. we will. The villain the is, villain- is like villains bland it's all feels like really low stakes which is fine i don't think i think there's a mistake in like every like every one of these things have to be high stakes that's and i think we're going to track as we enter the 2000s and beyond there's something kind of charming about it being kind of street level um but it just it all just feels very unserious and i don't mean it to be serious like steals a real character uh, they're not dis- disrespecting it. i don't mean like that it just i don't think the movie even like thinks it's a movie as it's going along you know what i mean you get i mean yeah they 
they they they intentionally made like Shaq's poor free throw shooting like an essential plot point. So, I'm glad you mentioned that because I think a, a a few weeks ago, maybe a few months ago, I think you know we were kind of talking about how Steel was on the horizon. This was on the pod, and you had remembered. Yeah, the one of the few scenes I had seen was like that scene in the climax where they're trapped in the cage. I couldn't remember the context of it, but there was a grenade and Shaq had to like make a free throw basically and like save himself and his like friend, his kid, brother. <laughs> well, so I have a couple thoughts on that, surprisingly. Um, the, the first thought was, I remember when you brought that up on the pod and I kind of agreed I, it turns out I had seen this before. I didn't remember that I had seen it. It was a few years ago. It was like a free Xfinity movie. So, you know, I, but it felt like a new movie to me. Mm-hmm. I didn't remember that happening. So I was like, ooh, I hope he, I agreed on pod. But I, in my head, I was like, ooh, I hope he's right. Because I don't know if I remember that. <laughs> um, I really hope he's right. Because if he's not, that's going to that's gonna mess this movie up for me. Um, <laughs> And you, you were so right. It's weird. That it, it's kind of a running joke, right? He, he tries to like, tries to like shoot baskets a couple times. Like, you, you know, one time he does it like on an actual like basketball court on the streets of LA. And another time he's like trying to throw something like in a waste paper basket. And he keeps missing. And the character, John Henry Irons, uh, keeps going like, I never was good at these. Like he knows he's Shaq. It's very <laughs> weird. <laughs> It's like he knows he's being played by Shaquille O'Neal and like acts accordingly. It's a very odd thing. There's all kinds of weird humor things like that throughout here. Like, well, and also like, um, oh, what's his name? Freaking Richard Roundtree. Yeah, famous for playing Shaft. He's he's playing Shaft in this movie. Well, he was, right. A, I mean, hey, you're right. I mean, he's like dressed pretty much the same, right? He has like the leather jacket and stuff. Like, he he makes they make a Shaft reference. <laughs> well, I did the metal work. I especially like the shaft. What? Right. Which I would not have gotten as a kid, but um, and like he just like wisecrackings up the whole movie. Like that's all he does. Yeah, I, I have no idea why that character is even in the movie. I mean, he he is he's charming. He's okay in it, but like, yeah, it's just it kind of feels like they just were just able to get him, so like they brought him in for a few weeks. Yeah, um, he also kind of appeared out of nowhere. Like halfway through the movie, suddenly like Irons has this like wacky uncle who is also in on his like crime fighting scheme. Right, like they, they, they needed like an extra character. I'm glad you said that because I, I didn't remember him being set up. I'm not always like the best listener, so <laughs> I was like, man, yeah, they, it's they, possible they, they, they mentioned something about an uncle early in the movie, and I just didn't, I didn't, um, I didn't, what's the word? I didn't like the track it or clock it. Track it either, yeah. Um, but yeah, but yeah, did... halfway through, they're in this junkyard, and all of a sudden, it's like, "Hey, it's your, I'm your uncle," and you're just like, kind of just supposed to know who that is, I guess. Like, it's his uncle. I mean, I guess it's self-explanatory. Yeah, like, I mean, right? I guess character kind of. I guess he didn't necessarily need uh, um, introduction, but it was it was odd. Uncle Joe, Uncle Joe. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I remember. Like, I think. Uh, much like Spawn that came out a couple months before this, I remember there being kids in my class that really liked this. Um, so they're starting at nine years old, so I, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of whatever. Yeah, it just kind of made me more. This is a very interesting 
I'll save a lot of my Shaq talk for cast notes, but it just it's just like this pre he wasn't a villain yet. We you know, full disclosure, we both we're not fr- you're not from, but uh, we both grew up under uh, formative years in Sacramento, California, right at the height of when they were the biggest best show on the court. So Shaq has always been like this big villain figure for me from my childhood. And it's funny that this is like years removed from that. Like, it, like none of that happened. I think he just started with the Lakers when this movie filmed. So yeah, because he he was okay for anyone who's not a basketball fan, right? He was kind of a famous player by this point already, obviously, with the Miami oh, Heat. Matt. Oh, no. Uh, Orlando Magic. Orlando Magic. Oh, my bad. Wrong. Yeah, Magic. Yeah. 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 Orlando yeah. Magic. Yeah. Um, and did he get traded to the Lakers or did he sign with the Lakers? Ooh, I believe... I, I, I want to say it was a free agent signing. I don't know if they traded anything. I will Some, verify that. Somehow he got to the Los Angeles Lakers, of course, when they had... Uh, Another Hall of Fame player, Kobe Bryant, on his team. Uh, and, of course, the Lakers and the Kings are division rivals. And so uh, these some of the best Laker teams ever happened to coincide with the best Kings team ever and uh, prevented us from going to the championship uh, famously one year. Uh, even the NBA came out and said, yeah, that game six was rigged. Uh, but yeah. Well, and they, they'd be right. Uh, you know, I mean, no, didn't they, didn't they admit it like 15 years later? Like, oh yeah, we, we wanted to go to game seven because uh, the game was getting so many, so many, you know, good ratings. It's muddy. So Tim, it's muddy. Okay. Tim, Tim Donaghy was the, mm-hmm. uh, you know, canonically Jack Donaghy's uh, relative on 30 Rock. Uh, <laughs> if anyone remembers that joke. Uh, yeah, he was one of the, he was part of the officiating squad for game six. Uh, he... Basically got in trouble for I, I, I want to say he was gambling on games or something kind of untoward and I think as part of like his rolling over the uh, in front of the court he's like I can <laughs> I can I'll start talking like yeah they wanted us to rig okay. you know, they wanted us to rig that game I believe it but you want to make the argument that like you know he may have just been trying to say anything in order to like make not the most trustworthy source yeah That's no not the but you know I I you know. I saw oh, what I saw. Doug Christie you saw. Got, you saw. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Doug Christie got yeah. elbowed in the face and got called a foul for it. I mean, I don't right? Know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, it was at, at Ralph, very least it was a very poorly ref game. Yeah, and Ralph Nader, you know, uh, also saw what he saw. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I forget, you remember that? Know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, we have we, all the best and the brightest on our side. No, I, 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 I shouldn't talk bad about Ralph Nader, but uh, you know, it was well, just funny. It was funny at the time. <laughs> It's um, funny now. It, yeah, it is. So that's it's funny to like kind of be taken back to like a time before all that happened, and he was just like this kind of the heir apparent to uh, yeah, like Jordan, I guess, because he was like you know maybe Barkley, I suppose, of like, hey, this is the next guy who's gonna like, come on and like be a TV star as well as a basketball star. So the movie was charming in that. Sense. Yeah, it's I guess. Not yeah, offensive. I never um, I never put that together. This isn't that long after Space Jam, huh? No, this is the exact. This is the year after. A year? Oh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, there's only so many athletes, and you know, well, we'll talk about Shaq's uh, acting ability uh, in due time. Uh, you want to talk about? I basically explained Steele's uh, comic book history. Um, he is very prominent thanks to his proximity to Superman. He eventually got his own series, uh, comic book series. That is, he's. 
member of the Justice League, which sounds cool, but you figure by now everyone's been a member of the Justice League, just how everyone's been a member of the Avengers at this point. But uh, it's a mark on his resume for sure. We'll, we'll give him that. Uh, there's not not a ton of actual like production notes. Um, one of the main spearheaders of uh, this movie was Quincy Jones, famous uh, music producer, which um, I found a little surprising. His name did pop up in the credits, but like this was kind of like his baby. He and his uh, creative partner, David Salzman. Quincy Jones kind of saw potential in the Steel character as... Uh, Quincy was very concerned, maybe rightfully so, like kids were growing up to be very cynical with like no one to like look up to <laughs> and being very negative about the world, which I think is probably a common fear i think it's a fear that uh people have now about uh this upcoming generation right so he thought maybe steel could be someone that kids could look up to uh, i don't know if i quite get the connection there but i i think the uh i think the thought is sound and it's not unlike the thought that uh bore something like a meteor man or uh not, maybe even superman which is funny because he's not really superman in this movie he's He's, they very consciously kind of crafted him as like a blue collar Batman is the phrase that they used. Um, so it's, I, so I'm, I'm a little, <laughs> I can't imagine being a fan of a steel, the comic book character and getting this and uh, just being very confused <laughs> as to what this was. So does, does steel in the comics have like superpowers or is he? Yeah. So the parts that get right, he does have like a steel suit. He does have like a sledgehammer. I should mention Steel does. He's kind of based off of the folk hero John Henry, which is who's like a rail yard worker, and like there's songs about him and stuff. And um, that's where the sledgehammer comes from. I believe he is actually super powered. And someone who knows better than me uh, can feel free to chime in later. Obviously, you're not on this. Uh, you're not on this recording, so you can't really chime in. But you know what I mean. Um, I believe he is actually super powered. I don't think he's like um, Superman or anything, but they had to make the conscious choice for this movie. Like we're going to depower him, which implies to me that that means he was powered in the comics. Cause they made a conscious choice, like no capes, no superpowers. Uh, we're going to surround him with characters that are not from the comics. Everyone here is like an original creation. Uh, as far as I'm aware. Although uh, I did kind of get Barbara Gordon vibes, Batgirl vibes from um Dan spark spark yeah oh spark. yeah especially like getting like um paralyzed and stuff that's like from the yeah. joke i think yeah uh this one, uh, part, part of that all kind of that very conscious reimagining came from the screenwriter kenneth johnson who i believe also directed the, i better yeah. check this you, you wrote and directed it yeah thank you all right perfect it didn't sound right for a second. He didn't and really so, want to do this. He didn't want to do the superhero movie. Is the thing. I can feel that now that you mention it. I mean, I wouldn't have, like put that together, but he he doesn't do it right, and maybe maybe that's part of the problem. Like he he didn't want to do a superhero movie, and he's like, okay, well, this is what superhero movie has. It has wacky sidekick checkbox. It has a villain you want to hate, checkbox. It has, you know, um, a cool suit. You know what I mean? Like, like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I, th I think I think if you were like, 
he, he probably made a list of everything a superhero movie should have and put it in this movie, but there was no like heart behind. He was. It did feel like he was just like going through the motions with some of the things on the script. Not everything. Yeah, and in fact, the um, the only thing that kind of worked was some of the the military drama in the first half of the movie. I would argue. Yeah, I mean, there are things kind of here and there that I think, like, I think, like, for, you know, there's little things. Like, for some reason, like, kind of bought Shaq and Man about the like, friendship a little bit. Like, yeah, I did too. Like, I, oddly, like, that was working for some reason. But yeah, the military drama kind of worked. And um, <laughs> Judd Nelson is the villain up against Shaq. Um, visually looks ridiculous, but, um, you know. Um, <laughs> I guess he. I guess he sort of sells it. I guess. Um, Judd Nelson's not trying in this movie. No, he. Well, so, relative I don't, to I don't know. else, <laughs> I yeah. guess not. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, he's not like phoning it in, but like, you know, I haven't seen him in anything besides the Breakfast Club. I could have sworn I'd seen him in something else too, but uh, not not I. Yeah, well, not that I can remember. Anyways, I, I guess it's possible I've seen some some other things, but like. His career just went nowhere. And as you know, for such a movie that was so big and did launch the careers of some people, it's kind of weird that his career didn't go anywhere. And kind of maybe this is why he just kind of like <laughs> showed up, said his lines, but like didn't. Uh, yeah, I mean. Didn't like do anything to try to like, you know. Make a stamp on it or something. Exactly. Yeah. It is. He, anyone could have been cast in that role and it wouldn't have been much it, you know you wouldn't yeah it didn't need to be Judd Jud Nelson he didn't bring anything to the role that's what I'm trying to say he didn't bring yeah. anything to the role he was just kind of like there he said the lines convincingly enough he wasn't awful but like you could have replaced him with a dozen other actors who would have given the same performance yeah, I mean, what's that stat in baseball, like, wins above replacement? Like, I feel like his yeah. would be right around zero. Like, you really didn't <laughs> slot it in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's um, worse actors out there, but yeah. There are, but, you know, it's just... And sometimes maybe you just kind of have that one role in you. I mean, he's probably one of the most memorable parts of uh, Breakfast Club. And, um, I thought he was great in that movie, in Breakfast Club. Yeah, you know? mm-hmm. so, I, you know, and that's a that's a sacked cast. So to stand out in a cast, you know, of, you know, this, well, this class of up-and-comers is pretty impressive. But, you know, maybe some people just only have, like, that one or two. I mean, he's probably been in a couple things that other people would be like, no, he's great and whatever. I just haven't seen it. And mm-hmm. uh, this was not encouraging. <laughs> um... Oh, the movie, the movie fact I wanted to give you. Uh, I don't think this will come as a big surprise to you. Uh, but um, to add to the urban aspects of the dialogue, Kenneth Johnson took a copy of the script to South Central Los Angeles and spent the day with a group of kids to ensure that the oh, language is so no, believable. Oh, no. <laughs> and uh, I would say mission not accomplished there because this <laughs> movie, more than any I've seen in a while, certainly covered on this show, has the most extreme case of like white guys trying to write non-white characters <laughs> that I've ever seen. In terms of characterization, just literally like what they say, it just sounds like extreme 38-year-old trying to sound like a young kid kind of stuff. Yeah, that, what's that meme with the... Uh, um... Oh, 
<laughs> with the um, Steve um, Buscemi. Steve Buscemi, yeah. We like has a backwards cap on with his yeah. hey kid. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, hello, um, fellow kids. Yeah. Hello, fellow kids. Yeah. The whole thing felt like that to me. So it doesn't surprise yeah. me that he eventually is like, I got to take this to the people. Man, that's a, that's a classic mistake. Like, you put like a phrase here or there. You don't make every line they say, <laughs> like, with modern, like, youth lingo. Like, well, also, like, what I, I'm trying to imagine how that would go in my head. Like, what, what do you mean you just, like, took it? Like, what did you just show up to, like, a, hey, everyone, I'm from Hollywood? <laughs> I mean, I took it. I thought like, you were like describing chef? it. I, <laughs> I took it like he went and sat on a park bench and just listened to people talk. Oh, Lord. Um, yeah, maybe. <laughs> and he wrote down phrases he heard the kids said. And he's like, all of these are going in the movie. Because there's, like, the sense of just, like, just chill. Like, just just, just, just talk. Like, well, we, get, yeah. <laughs> we know where we are. We understand, like, everyone's, like, situation. Like, I don't know. I don't think you need to, like, jazz it up. Like, and, like I mean, give it, it, give like, it authenticity. It's, it's kind of embarrassing, <laughs> a lot of it. It is. It is. That, that, I, I would agree with that. The, the portrayal of the gang was pretty awful. And I, I, I did feel like some of it, too, was, like, it, it felt like, He's like, oh, this is a stupid superhero kids movie. We got to dumb it down for people and exaggerate other things, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and I mean, exaggeration is not the worst thing in the world, but it, you, yeah. you, everything here just feels so two-dimensional. Yeah. No, that's fair. And I think you did, I think you kind of hit on something that I both think is a mark for it and mark against it. And then we can kind of get into uh, cast note. I mean, we've already kind of bled into cast notes a little bit but we can make it official this is a movie for kids i think at the end of the day it's very clearly mm-hmm. trying to aim for like a is in this movie probably like that minus like five years <laughs> um fine so i you know on the one hand i think kind of being bright bold and obvious is understandable but i don't we probably mentioned it. we probably mentioned on here before we've 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 watched some good movies that are for kids superman yeah. is for kids that's a great movie right. even like teenage mutant ninja turtles which is not a great movie mm-hmm. but we enjoyed it for what it was as for a what it was movie. Yeah. yeah um and i will also say like bright bold and obvious that's not the same thing as two-dimensional correct right there are kids movies where the characters have you have some. I mean, there there are some kids' movies with great characters. Now, Pixar kind of is an obvious example of them, but nonetheless, Pixar is around by this time. Like, oh yeah, um, yeah. Toy Story is like, yeah. Toy Story is already come and gone. Like everyone right. needed to like. Um, up their but games. like Pixar <laughs> also wasn't the first. These are the kid movies that have like. I mean, The Hobbit technically a kid book, and mm-hmm. you know, uh, Bilbo's a great three dimensional character. So I don't know. I I don't buy that as as an excuse for all the movies flaws. I agree. I totally agree. Um, yeah, I think sometimes people go like four kids, therefore we can kind of cut corners as if it's like, I guess, screw screw the audience we're um, trying to aim our movie at, which always <laughs> felt very cynical and uh, condescending to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, kids deserve good art too. And yeah, you're right. Hey, you're absolutely right. Pixar is already like made its mark. Like Toy Story was two years old by the time this came out. There's not really an excuse for no one not trying. <laughs> I will mention another thing to mention. Uh, Shaq, and we, I will give you this Shaq fact, and then we can lead right into the top of the uh, casting call sheet here. Uh, 
he was only available for like five weeks to shoot this. They shot it in downtown LA. Um, but he was part of like the 96 dream team. So he was like playing for like the Olympics. So like he, he kind of only had like this window of time before he had to like go be, you know, one of the best basketball players on the planet. Uh, to his credit, I guess he showed up and had his lines memorized. So uh, this is good for Shaq, I guess. Um, I know, that's, that sounds like something you say in a press release. So that's such a low bar. <laughs> he showed up. Especially because he, in, he a movie, in a movie. Yeah, especially on a movie, you actually don't have to have all your lines memorized. So it's not even like... It's useless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's just, I mean, it's good that he, he read the script and learned it. I mean, I, I'm not surprised because when you play sports, you got to memorize a lot of things that you bring into the game with you. But like, it's such a like a... Here, we need something good to say about Shaq as an actor. Uh, he memorized his <laughs> lines. You know what the funny part is? We're talking about him like this is his like first movie. Kazam was the year before this. Oh, Kazam <laughs> came before this? Okay. Yeah, Kazam came before this. And he's also like in Blue Chips or whatever. So like, and I've never seen that. Well, Blue Chips, is a, I've movie. seen that. It's a good movie, but that's a basketball movie. I don't remember him. It's been a long time since I've seen that movie. Uh, I remember liking it when I was younger. But that's also, he's, play, he's probably playing one of the basketball players in that movie. So that's not... Quite well, the this, same thing. He's, he's sort of. This is sort of a basketball movie. Steel. <laughs> he does make some free throws. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Cast knows. Let's just start taking. There's not a whole lot of people in this movie. Yeah. Um. Shaq. Your new alloy really kept the barrel cool. Cool, just like you. Look. Um. What have we already mentioned? Yeah, I think. <laughs> by the time they filmed, by the time this came out, he had closed his first. Uh, season with the Lakers. I think when he shot this, he might have been a free agent if my timeline is right. Yeah, but just to confirm, he, he, he was a free agent signing with the Lakers. Um, that annoys r- me. R- that, r- retroactively, that retroactively annoys me. I thought he was traded. The fact that he no. just signed with the Lakers pisses me off. But go on. No, retroactive. Uh, uh, rookie contracts in the 90s were kind of crazy. Like, Chris Weber was able to, like, force his way out of Golden State, like, after, like, his first year. Like, they really, they really locked down. Like, <laughs> The Magic probably would have been able to keep him if this was like now, but it's not. And uh, you know, whatever. So they so they had to cheat their way to win a couple championships. That's fine. It's totally okay. <laughs> um, what we haven't mentioned, and I was sort of disappointed because I was expecting there to be like a big closing song done by Shaq himself. I didn't get that. Um, Why was that something it, you were expecting? Like, did they well, have that? Kazam, I, don't, sorry. I don't remember if Kazam had that, but Shaq was already three directors into his uh, uh, music career by the time this movie came out. Yeah, so I, 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 I had no idea he had a music career. Oh, Jimmy. Oh, yes. Uh, 1993's Shaq Diesel, which included the songs I'm Outstanding and I Know I Got Skills. Yes, Skills is spelled with a Z. Of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1994's Shaq Fu, The Return. And 1996's You Can't Stop the Rain, spelled R-E-I-G-N. One other Shaq fact I'll give you about his uh, music (laughs) career. Um, His fifth album, Shaquille O'Neal Presents His Super Friends, Volume 1, was due to release on September 11th, 2001. And it never came out for reasons 
that are unclear to me. I know. Well, maybe one <laughs> yeah. day we'll get that that lost masterpiece. Yeah, you kind of, you know, I think he's, I don't know who owns the Masters to his stuff, but I think, I hope he can, like, release them again, because, you know, it's good stuff, and it deserves to be heard by a new audience. Just <laughs> Is it good stuff, people. Ryan? You're... <laughs> no, no, it's... it's... <laughs> yeah, you know, of all, at least Zach's good at basketball. We'll give him that. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me he didn't do a movie for, uh, music for this. Okay, one, yeah. one, one tangent here. When it comes to like the stars, like I, with a rare exception, I hate it when like the star of the movie also has like the hit song. <laughs> and in one in particular instance, like just didn't ruin the movie for me, but I was like, what? No, why? Okay, with Gran Torino. Have you seen Gran Torino? I have not seen Gran Torino, no. I like the movie. It has some flaws, mostly that Clint Eastwood's the only good actor in the movie, in my opinion, uh, which uh-huh. kind of like, it's a good script brought down by like the supporting cast not being great, but you know, I still like it. Clint Eastwood, it's, the whole movie is about Clint Eastwood's character anyway. So who, who cares about other people can't act. Um, but at the end of the movie, Clint Eastwood has a song. Oh, and he's singing it. Oh, and he sounds like he, he sounds exactly like you would think an old Clint Eastwood singing a song would sound like it sounds gravelly and, oh, and I'm like, no, <laughs> no why did you do this, Clint? <laughs> Why'd you do it? <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was awful. Uh, like I liked it, like I said, I re- like the movie. I actually do recommend it. Um, I've always meant to see it. It's just one of those things where you're like, oh, there's always like 25 other things in front of it, you know? Right, like, exactly. And get off things? my lawn. I mean, you, you've seen it. I mean. <laughs> yeah, I, I get, I, from the trailers, I, they made it seem like there's a scene where like, his kids come and like, hey, what about like a nice like nursing home? And he like chases them out of the house. He's like, yeah, get out of here with that. Yeah. Uh, yes, that that happens if I'm not mistaken. It's been a while since I've seen it. Now we're talking. Now, now like, oh, yeah, I'll check it out. I, I gotta hear the song. It's funny because of course, like the person that comes to mind immediately is Will Smith. So I think his tendency to do that is wildly overstated because I can think of three movies where he actually did like it, which is a lot. Um, that's more than most, zero, most people do. But um, really just talking about Men in Black 1 and 2 and Wild Wild West, and only two of those were really like a hit. So it only happened twice. But people like it seem like, oh, Eric, Will Smith movie, uh, here comes the song. But like, there's no, bad, there's no Bad Boy song. There's no Independence Day song. There's no... um. <laughs> no Ali song. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's... I guess you do, have, you do have Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, the TV show. That... Is true. But I don't know if that counts because that's the intro he's singing. And back when TV shows did typically have intros. Exactly. Exactly. No, I think I think this is gonna happen twice. Everyone's like, it just kind of became like his thing. But like Well to be fair, it happened like twice in short succession. Yeah. I mean the two two songs were big hits. Yeah, I mean at least they got a lot of radio play. Wiki wiki wow. Um yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Shaq, I guess Shaq's acting ability. It's funny because like he's obviously very bad in this. He's maybe one of the worst, maybe the least convicting actors we've seen on this on this show. It's possible. He does have like a weird charisma that I think may- <laughs> he's more interesting to look at than like a lot of other athletes. Like I think he's way less stiff than like Tom Brady or even like Jordan. I, I know people, I feel like you probably hate to hear me say that, but like I think Shaq isn't stiff. He's just a bad actor. Like, he can't say lines like how humans say them. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so, like, he's, he's, 
he's terrible. It's a bad idea to make him like the lead of your movie. But like, I didn't hate like watching it. He didn't make me like embarrassed, like uncomfortable. Do you, do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah, no, yeah. I think that's why this movie ends up being kind of charming because Jack is kind of charming. And you're right. He he feels comfortable on screen. He's bad at acting, but he's comfortable. <laughs> Which again makes him better than uh, the only it's person true. I can think of who really like comes alive. Peyton Manning's like the only athlete I can think of that's like kind of just pops on screen. I don't know. Uh, I could be, maybe I'm wrong about that, but. Well, as far as like major stars, I mean, like, you know, other athletes have like gone into acting and had some success. Most of the time they're kind of like, um, you know, not big stars. Only other yeah. exe- the only exception might be Jim Brown, right? Well, yeah. Oh, well, uh, that's a good point. I was thinking of recent. If you're thinking about like ones that actually like had careers after. I, I was thinking like right. uh, speaking of Lakers, didn't Rick Fox like wasn't he on like Oz or something? Like, was Rick Fox? I don't remember. It's been a long time since I watched Oz. But I feel like I didn't remember Rick Fox on Oz, Sorry. but yeah, I could have forgotten. He, was he? I I, I I I can I can look. Um, okay. But, um, if he was, he didn't make an impression on me. On uh, yeah, I mean, I haven't seen that show in like fifteen years or something. So, yeah, uh, I don't know if I've ever. I don't know if I've ever seen it. I think I've seen like a couple episodes here and there. So, uh, yeah, you would know more than me, I, I guess. Yeah, at the end I, of the day. I really like it. It's a bizarre show. I can respect that. It's all um, written and like directed by like one guy, right? I believe pretty most much. of it. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty, that's pretty um, cool. Um, and it's very like kind of like artsy in a '90s way. Sure, like um, gritty, but like in the we're still testing the limits as to what we can do, kind of kind of way. Yeah, and like <laughs> it's it's a it's a fun show. I mean, like it's 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 ridiculous. Like it really is just like a ridiculous like soapy crime, like prison drama. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just a lot of characters and a lot of personalities, and you have like Harold Perrineau doing this like. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah that's right. Yeah, he, that's right. he like he like he's a character in the show, but he also narrates it, and they like have scenes of him like talking like about like themes associated to what's going on. Um, but like it's. If you, if you can just like embrace what it is, I think it's really it's a really fun show. So I got Grand Torino on my list. I got Oz. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I need to counterbalance all this garbage we've been watching lately with like <laughs> something. So yeah, that's 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 Shaq. I mean, again, I could just sit here and talk for another three hours about. I, I really detested him when I was a kid, and it's funny because like I, I I adore him now. Um, I, I, well, and of course now he has a good relationship. Too. I know. The I'll never King understand Joe. why he became a part-time investor in the Kings, but uh, that he did. Um, now he's like a cheerleader <laughs> for the Kings. Not cheer, not like literally a cheerleader, but you know, like on uh, TNT, like he'll usually like give the Kings more credit than maybe they deserved up until about a year ago. That's Shaq. Um, I'm sure I'll think of some other Shaq things as we go along. Well, here, I do have a fond memory of, of you and Shaq. Um, oh, boy. Okay. We, I think, I, I think this was my best man speech at your wedding. I think this was my best man speech at your wedding. Oh, this is your, okay, your best man speech at my wedding. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, that's fine. Um, if I remember so, yeah. 
uh, when I, I met you freshman year of high school and like <laughs> science class. Oh, yeah. I remember. Yeah, I know where this is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my permission to tell the story. Well, and just like, I didn't, you know, I didn't know you. And we were doing this like presentation on like marine life, mammal or something. I don't remember what. <laughs> And you just insisted on having a picture of Shaquille O'Neal's face in the corner of one of our slides. I wanted to see if anyone would notice. No one did. Or did you not do enough put it in? I don't remember. I was adamantly against it. Like, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> She's just going to see it. She's going to mark us down for having Shaquille O'Neal on our presentation. Um, but I think you that still put it on and no one noticed. No, it was, it was small. And you know, yeah. they're going to mark us down for having Shaq. Why? Why, 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 they mar- why would you mark us down for that? If the information is good know. and everyone gets communicated, and I was a very smart freshman, as everyone can tell <laughs> from the story you just told, I was clearly I was clearly the brains behind the operation. <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. I do remember somehow that, that yeah. blossomed yeah. into a, a beautiful friendship, mostly because I think drama class next year. But that's right. Hey, without Shaq, after, so. so without Shaq, you would not have this show. Um, that's right. Uh, yeah, some people, is, uh, some people, some people, some people might take that edition. <laughs> <Special> <laughs> of pop cultural historian's origin. Oh, ooh, I like that. Yeah, beginnings. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's that's Shaq. Um, yeah, yeah. I had to refrain myself because this is gonna be, this is gonna become like a early two thousands like nostalgia sportscast really quickly, and I need I, I need to stay on topic. We're friv- we're we're barely on topic as it is and i feel like I, I could go down a whole bunch of rabbit holes so i'm gonna quickly we're gonna get off uh early 2000s uh nostalgia and we're gonna talk about the next person annabeth gish hmm. talk about her late 2000, early 90s. <laughs> well, not nostalgia though no what's the what's the opposite of nostalgia uh hatred i guess well no i do like her i guess i better do some more work on the tensile strength that's a good idea hey a work in progress. She, she just isn't an act. She has an act for appearing in things I do not like. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. Of course. Please. What Susan we're referring to. Yeah. What we're referring to right now is she's kind of well known uh, for uh, being the Dana Scully replacement in the final season of The X Files, at least final season of its original run. Um, and, yeah, that, yeah, that's true. There's like two more seasons now. <laughs> Uh, and she was annoying on the X Files. Uh, no, no way about it. Um, her, her character Reyes has some fans, but we're not among them. Uh, they did. They did bring her back for uh, one of those revival seasons, like once or twice. I never finished the uh, new seasons. I watched oh. like the watched the first one. I mean, I watched like the first so, like, season ten. I guess I watched the, that. The, the standalones were good. The this the mythology oh, stuff, which is so awful. It's like they were like rubbing it in our faces. It's like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> we suck at writing a story. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. It's just like I don't know. There was it was more than just the the where human one. The where human episode was great, but there was like it was. Oh, did yeah, you see so the good. one where like like Scully and Mulder got dinner and they didn't leave a tip to the AI, and so the AI like hunted them down. <laughs> what? No. Yeah, that's a really good episode. Uh, like I, I'm being sincere. I don't remember that one. I thought it's I. In the, it, it's in the second season, the second of the revival. If, if it's towards the end, I didn't see it. I think the last <laughs> one I watched was uh, 
It's a good one. It's the Mandela Effect episode. I almost had the oh, sense that was of, a good I, one. Yeah, the Darren I had, Yeah, I almost had the sense of like ah, I should just cash out here. I think like <laughs> I don't know. If I, I need to keep going. I think it was after that one. Okay, and it was so an episode I legit. I, I like. I like legitimately like. Um, and like, I think it was there was no dialogue for most of it either. It was kind of a stylistic episode. That um, sounds familiar. Hold on, maybe. I, I don't know. I don't remember. I've seen it's been a while, but that that one stuck with me. So I. I like the revival, like, standalone. It's like, if Chris Carter was like, we're going to bring back the X-Files, give me no mythology, just standalone episodes, six, six standalone episodes, I would have been over the moon. Like, that would have been great. Yeah. But, like, but in, they didn't do it. It just, it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And I just kept getting more frustrated with, like, them trying to make it work. Yeah. I remember, like, Joel McHale was, like, a Alex Jones guy i was like this doesn't right. work this isn't good like <laughs> well when they, they kept bringing back cigarette smoking man just <laughs> Wait, how many this times are you gonna this, this comes up a lot on this show but uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. at the end of season nine he's skeleton <laughs> turns into dust spoilers season... anyone who hasn't seen that child i guess it's 20 it's 22 years old at this point <laughs> uh but yeah i guess spoilers i guess um and then, yeah, he comes back in season 10 all these years later, and he's just like, I don't know, he has like an eye patch or something. I think it's like a little some burn scars or something. Whatever. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Like, yeah, he has like a burn <laughs> scar on his face or something. How does this steel episode turn into any? We barely talk about the movie at this point. Like, because there's nothing there think... to talk about, really. I mean, truly, um, there's not a whole lot of meat on the bones. And like, the funniest things about it are like kind of these ancillary things. Um, like Annabeth Gish, who, you know, is paraplegic and i think that's kind of an interesting choice uh you, you don't see a whole lot of bound characters in that big movies like this um and i guess to her I, credit I just... yeah she she has been other things that people have liked i just think the high profile stuff like x files just didn't work in her favor but she was in stuff like mystic pizza and nixon that's a Halt and Catch Fire, which I know has kind of its own cult following. But I always want to watch it when I never did. But... Yeah. Uh, she weirdly has good chemistry with Shaq. I alluded to that earlier. But, um, she does. She yeah. actually thinks she's fine in this movie. I mean, she's okay. She, 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 she is another reason why I think I found it charming. I, th- I think I found her relationship with Shaq. I think you're right. I think it works. And that makes the bad movie more enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree. There's not a whole lot to say about it. I guess we can jump over to kind of the, the third of like the uh, main three here if we want. Oh, did you have... Before we do, there's something I, was, I had a thought. I feel yeah. like it's surprising how few like like military-centered heroes there are, superheroes. Have we even had pre- one yet at this point? I was going to say, especially pre-MCU, because you can make an argument like, like obviously Captain America. Like I know that like, they kind Iron, of made Iron Man. Man. Iron Man's kind of like anti-government, but like, kind, kind, kind just not really. Um, well, he's, yeah. he's definitely like pro pro military, and you know, you know, James the Colonel, the Colonel James Rhodes is his, you know, sidekick and stuff. Right. Yeah. Damn. MCU is fairly. I mean, for, here, but it's a fairly pro-military uh, franchise. So, uh, but up to this, and up being, to this point, yeah, being pro-military is easy for Hollywood because most people are pro-military, even if they're anti-war, anti-government. 
most sure. people are okay with the soldiers. Like, I mean, like the people who are, I mean, it's not a controversial statement. You know what I mean? Like, they're... yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm, I'm totally with you. I think most people are like, they can be anti system, but like pro the people who are kind of just doing their job with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, especially people like soldiers who are risking their lives, right? I mean, it's... yeah, exactly. I'm trying to think as far as, yeah, before Steel, because, like, yeah, he is, like, literally, like, he is a military member, although he has a big falling out in the uh, opening scenes here, and he True. has to put on his civvies. Uh, but, uh, True, but, but again, I so. the, the criticism is, like, the, the, the higher government level of the, of the military, right. not the, I mean, the soldiers are the heroes. Yeah, he gets screwed by the man. Right. Which I think, yeah, I think that's kind of like a good, I think that's kind of a nice balance to hit, especially for Hollywood when it's like, if, you know, working with the government gives you access to, like, the accurate costumes and, like, filming locations and stuff like that. So, like, it, it, mm-hmm. it totally makes sense. But to answer the question that you pose, I'm, unless I'm forgetting somebody, I think this might be the first. I'm probably that's forgetting kind of, somebody. Kind of weird, right? It is, because it is such, like, a fruitful. Because, you know, you get access to weapons and you can make people like engineers. I think he's an engineer, like in the comics and stuff like that. And, you know, it feels like it's a fertile ground for superheroes to stem from. Mm-hmm. Uh, in so much that Steel is even a superhero, I, you know, the more I think about it, the more I'm just like, he's just like a guy who, like, he's like a builder more than he is a superhero. <laughs> well, I mean, he, he uses special technology to fight crime. I mean, it makes him a superhero. Ba- Batman has no powers, he's a superhero. Fair enough. Fair enough. Richard Roundtree, we alluded to him before. I boogie around danger like a soul train dancer. <laughs> uh, yeah, he played, he's always going to be connected to the role of Shaft. Played him in like movies. I think there was a Shaft TV show. Don't quote me on if he played him on that. But yeah, I think he came back for like the revival movies like in the 2000s. Uh, with, yeah, the Samuel Jackson one. With Sam Jackson, right? Exactly. Uh, yeah, they, in case you didn't know it, uh, they make sure you know it. Cause, yeah, you alluded to this before, but like he makes his a uh, little sledgehammer weapon, and you know, Annabeth Kiss just like, oh, this looks great. And he's like, thank you. My favorite part was the shaft, and it kind of feels like the movie kind of stops for like two minutes, so mm-hmm. that draws attention. Yeah, yeah there's, there's a lot, a lot of that. Like, I feel like if you weren't around. For when this movie is made, there's so much to not enjoy about this movie. There's a lot of kind of old-fashioned humor. Like, there's a lot of there's a through line of like a souffle collapsing, which I had. Like, that was a weird like through line, and then there's like that classic mm-hmm. steel like suits up in like an alley, and like a bum like wakes up, like looks at him, looks back at like his bottle of booze. <laughs> it's like I, it's like I had like I haven't seen that since like. Andy Griffith show or something like there's just a lot of old style of humor in this yeah it, it, it just surprised me I guess I mean we you know that's fair that's fair yeah maybe it does kind of feel dated a bit cheesy in a 50s way maybe that's intentional um it might have been make it good kind of makes it wholesome right or maybe that's yeah. like the reference point that Kenneth Johnson had. Uh, this is probably why you had to take it to the streets of South Central a little bit. It's like, I'm getting all my stuff from, <laughs> getting all my gags from Bewitched. Um, Richard Rountree's fine. I think he's he, he's okay. He doesn't embarrass himself. No one really, like, embarrasses themselves in this movie, I guess. But, uh, 
No, I don't think so. He doesn't really have anything to do. He's just kind of like the man in the chair, right? Um, right. And well, he, he he serves a role in the functionality of the suit, right? Because he needs some Shaq needs someone to drive him around. Right, that's true. Right. Although I guess you could have just given him like a jet, like space determined to Iron Man a little bit, Steel Man, you know, let him fly around. But that's not what they did. No, I, it's probably it's probably for the best. I think there are some scenes where like Shaq is like airborne. Like I think he like repels up like a building and it looks ridiculous him like going yeah. up like a, so it's like yeah they keep him on the ground i think mm-hmm. it's fine yeah and it is kind of nice to have a team i didn't necessarily mind that it was just um i don't know yeah no i so it, it, you just you kind of wish you got more to do or yeah like, he's more baked into this because grandma's well, in he, this more than he is and, well i feel like grandma gets less screen time but more to do like he's just there to crack wise and drive the car, right? Like grandma, grandma has an actual like she has goals and dreams and stuff. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah, he's just living in a junkyard. <laughs> it's also very strange. What do you mean he lives in a junkyard? <laughs> I don't know. I, I actually, I legitimately thought he lived in that junkyard when we first met him. I thought he so so close. That I paid attention. I thought he did live in the uh, junkyard. Okay, he no. does. He does. I'm not. I'm I not thought... even certain. You certainly seem like he lived there. If he if he has a house, he hasn't been to it in a while. You know what I mean? Like yeah. <laughs> that boy has not been <laughs> home in a while. What did we think of Ray J. Martin Irons, uh, a very young Ray J. Um... <laughs> of all my down home recipes with haute cuisine, ain't that something? Now this here was supposed to be harmony souffle. Yo, she wants to open a restaurant and call it. Black and blue. <laughs> <laughs> Who is, uh, I, I want to make it as delicately as possible. And for those who weren't around in 2007, 2008, we'll just say he is part of the reason why Kim Kardashian uh, launched to fame. Uh, just just Google it. <laughs> but um, <laughs> without him, we don't have to keep up the Kardashians. We don't have, Kanye might not be the, uh, <laughs> He'd be a different kind of mess, I guess. Um, Ray J, kind of an important <laughs> figure in shaping 2000s culture for better and often for worse. Uh, what did we think he of him? Fine. Here? I don't know. I didn't even realize that was Ray J. Maybe it was because I'm not really familiar. I like. I know that he's more someone I know the name of than I would have like. If you showed me a picture of Ray J, I, I, I wouldn't know who he was. Sure. Um, he was fine. He he was like an average kid actor level in this movie i thought yeah again wins above it's, replacement it's about it's about like a zero. yeah <laughs> yeah but like it's more funny that it's ray j and like when i saw that afterwards i'm like oh, that was ray j yeah yeah <laughs> i wish i had known that actually wish i had known that would have made it funnier probably just watching it but. it was very funny i trina clocked him immediately um <laughs> and it's funny how like when i just time time is so elastic like i just i just i underrated how young Ray J really is because I, I just I saw his name pop up and I was like okay he's gonna be like in his 20s he's like he looks like a he's like a little kid here yeah he's not very very old um uh, I think I think I was introduced to him through his dating show for the love of Ray J um if that means anything to anybody <laughs> um, he's in this very bleak time in like the end of the 2000s where 
everyone was chasing the high of a uh, <laughs> what's the favor flavor of love, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So every every other numbsc- every other num school had to have like their own dating show on VH1, and uh, that was one of them. Yep. So yeah, it's it's a great it was a great time we grew up in those two thousands. <laughs> yeah. Great, just a great decade all in all. Um. um Judd Nelson, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we can talk about Judd Nelson. We've talked about him already. Yeah, we already kind of. I mean, we can we can go really fast. What you did was foul. I should bust your ass for what you did to Sparky. Bust my ass? Do you know where I was headed? Do you know what I could have done with those military resources? You stupid. Yeah, not interesting in this. Breakfast Club is what most people know him from. Uh, Saint Elmo's Fire came out the same year. I guess some people might know him from that. Um, oh yeah, that's right. I have seen that. But yeah, it's ridiculous. There's like a scene because you know uh, the whole the whole impetus of this is like Judd, Judd Nelson, uh, his character Nathaniel or whatever, whatever his stupid name is, um, Nathaniel Burke. Like he like intentionally kind of like throws off a mission and like like shoots off like a weapon that he's not supposed to. It just kills all these people or destroys this building and Shaq, you know, Shaq fingers him like it, in court. He goes like, "That's the guy who did it." And like in the um, hallway of the courtroom like judd nelson all four foot 11 of them goes up to like shack is like you're gonna pay for this and there's like three feet between them i'm like this is silly <laughs> yeah <laughs> not very formidable um and yeah goes on to do nothing interesting he kind of just like pays other people to like go do like go rob buildings or like rob banks for him i don't know it's very underwritten i guess i guess uh, yeah, I guess we have his his scheme is a kind of is a typical like he just he makes you know classified weapons for the for the military. He knows all the plans, so he goes after being fired. He goes and decides to make them himself and sell them to the underworld, uh, criminals, terrorists, not you know neo Nazis, um, all the you know deviants of society that commit crimes and kill people. Uh, mm-hmm. And of course, his whole thing is he wants to like do a huge display to show that his stuff is so good that they need to like give him shit ton of money for it. So he like tries to rob right. Like, tele- like he, he, he like films himself right. robbing gold from the National Reserve <laughs> and you know, really, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a fairly it's simple scheme, fairly obvious scheme. Um, and and it it doesn't it doesn't quite hold up to scrutiny because like everyone knows immediately Nathaniel's the one who's behind it pretty much and like the military he doesn't, is, he doesn't do much to hide it he doesn't do much to hide it and like the, the military and the Pentagon they're not all that like concerned that this is happening like that that's right. what's the impetus for Shaq to become uh, steal like build a suit and like fight them is but like. I don't know. I feel like the the, the military. I understand it's a it's a super like it's not supposed to be a realistic movie, but like right, it it it, it doesn't pass even like the smallest amount of credibility. No, it doesn't make any sense. Not really. It's a stupid plan. And mm-hmm. again, I think it just kind of shows the kind of the lazy nature of the movie. Uh, yeah, in general. <laughs> Just this very kind of half-assed and like who cares? It's for kids kind of feeling, and uh, that's that's a shame. It's a waste mm-hmm. of everybody's time. Someone who I thought was 
again, we already we kind of talked about her a little bit. Maybe the only person here who has anything resembling like an arc, and that would be Irma P. Hall as Grandma Odessa, who I thought was fine. Martin, how am I ever supposed to master the art of French cooking when you keep crashing in here like James Brown? I feel good. Na, 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 na. Um, interesting little life. She's still with us at the age of 88. She didn't start her career until 37, appeared, into a, appeared in an independent movie called Book of Numbers. Uh, probably best known for Soul Food, played the same character in the movie and the TV adaptation. But uh, look, you're never too old, everybody. Um, and I know her from the remake of The Lady Killers. She is uh, the lady in that, I guess. Um, <laughs> I thought she was fine. I thought there was kind of an interesting little quirk to her, like that she was like obsessed with like this like fusion food that she wanted to make. Um, that was kind of interesting. I don't know what it really had to do with anything, but I, I liked her, I guess. I thought she was great, uh, yeah. legitimately. Uh, I think, I think it's another situation where, like, she's not given. I actually don't really feel like she was even given an arc on paper. Like, I feel like Irma, like Irma Hall, like forced an arc for her character. Yeah, she at least uh, has like a desire. She has like an actual yeah. want. Like, I don't know. She doesn't want anything, right? Well, and she, she has Power, like, I guess. For right. I mean, can you look at? She doesn't really do much of this movie. No. But, like, but you look back and she's, she's really memorable. And I, I, I think she just she's just so good in this kind of role that, like, I, I, I thought, like, it, what she, with what she was given, she was actually great in this movie. I know that's a, kind of a weird, like, small thing to focus in on. But, like... There's so little to hang on to. <laughs> uh... But especially when you have, like, Judd Nelson and Richard Roundtree kind of just, like, you know, not doing much with what they're given, and they're not given much. Like she does so much with, with what she's given. It's um, it's like it's kind of impressive a little bit. Like she wanted watching, to be there. Yeah, she wanted to be there, or even she didn't. She still gave it one hundred ten percent and like elevated her role in the movie. Yeah, I mean, I, you can't knock her for that. She might be the only one who actually elevated what she had on on the page, and I, I, that's yeah. short supply I, here. <laughs> You can make the same argument for Gish in this movie, I think, maybe, but I agree. To some, to some degree. I didn't like her as much as you did, but I, I don't think mm-hmm. she was bad at all. Gish, I mean. Um, mm-hmm. There's a couple other people. The only person I really wanted to other mention other than, I mean, Hill Harper played Slats, and he's, like, running for Senate uh, in Michigan next year uh, in real life. So I think it's oh, kind of interesting. Right. Yeah, huh. yeah, yeah. Most people know him from, like, CSI New York. He's fine here. Uh Tom Barry, who played Sergeant Marcus, who I mostly know for two things. One, the first two Fast and Furious movies. And two, I always get him confused for Reginald Bell Johnson, despite the fact that they don't really look similar at all. I don't know what it is, but oh, every time I see him in something, I'm like, oh, that's the, the diehard guy. It's not the diehard guy. <laughs> it's not the Family Matters guy. It's the mm. Fast and Furious guy. And that's, that's only like the first couple ones, like kind of the less fun ones. <laughs> So that anyway, it happened again here. I was like, "Ooh, Die Hard!" I'm like, "Wait, that's not him." <laughs> and they don't look alike. You pull up pictures of them; they don't really look. No, they don't. They don't at all. Like, they, but... I will say they have, in your defense, they have similar like screen presences, kind of like the um, kind of like uh, kind of fatherly a little bit, like, fatherly like kind of grumpy exterior, but like you know, soft, mushy interior. Uh, you know, you like uh, once you break through that exterior, they're really like for you and on your side type thing, and kind of um, 
what's what's the right word for like the attitude they initially have initially is kind of like um kind of softened a little bit yeah softened a little bit yeah I think I think they have similar similar um Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Or auras, vibes. Yeah, they have similar vibes. Yeah, that's a good that's a good way. Yeah. That's what I had. Um if there's no one else you wanted to highlight, I say we jump into well, superlatives and ratings. Yeah, before I, I, I do want to one other one last comment about this movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah please. The, the, you know, I I kind of ultimately blame Kenneth Johnson for for this movie a little bit. You know, I think the, that's fair. The the writing is mediocre, much of it bad. The directing is, I mean, the action scenes aren't very good, which is my opinion. Like, I, I think the action scenes are really bland and like. Oh, they're actively bad. There's like a there's like a couple, yeah. like especially near the beginning, where like you you can't even really tell what's going on. <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree, and that's the, and then even like the there's not a lot of like imagination to them, other than like maybe like. Him trying to like rappel up the side of the building, which you did mention looked awful. Um, he, he just a lot of like just still standing there and like doing mm-hmm. things, right? I mean, there's not a lot of like action in the action scene. Uh, and so, agreed. Even like the the parts where you know we we called the movie uninspired, maybe for being lazy because about kids, but like kids like action. Like that just. That's just uninspired action scenes, and maybe maybe it just comes back to like Kenneth Johnson. He didn't want to do a superhero movie. Maybe he just didn't know how to do a superhero movie. Maybe he didn't know how to do action scenes. You know, it's possible. I it's possible. I mean, you know, we don't we don't really do least valuable players on the on this show. But if we did, he might win this one. I do mm-hmm. think he is the thing holding back. I mean, Shaq might be an easy answer, although there's an interesting argument to be made that maybe he kind of brings something to it, but um. No, I think this needed someone who was going to commit to actually doing what it was instead of trying to turn it into what it wasn't, which n- now it's nothing. <laughs> right. Um, the other, only other thing is that I did, one thing I did like about uh, this was um, it's obvious who Steel is. Yes. Right. It's obvious. And like everyone in the movie figures it out really easily. Yeah. It's the seven foot six guy that we all know. Yes, exactly. Uh, I mean, like everyone, everyone immediately, like when they hear about him, like they're immediately like, oh, it's, it's Jeremy Irons. Obviously, um, and I appreciate I appreciated that about this movie. <laughs> Did you call him Jeremy Irons? Was the name? Oh, <laughs> John Henry. Henry. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, I'm going to keep that John in. John Henry Irons is a real person too. Like, obviously, oh, Jeremy it? Irons is too. But like, oh, is it? Oh, John Henry. Oh, Irons. John Henry. Well, John, John Henry. Henry. Sorry. Yeah, John. Yeah, John Henry is a real person. Like, yeah. But obviously, so is Jeremy Irons. But that's, that's <laughs> Jeremy thing. Irons could make. Jeremy Irons would have made a good steal, I think. Uh, you would made <laughs> something, <laughs> something. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, superlatives. This is where we give out a couple of awards and a couple of different categories, just to kind of capture things that we maybe didn't talk about in the general discussion, um, like the last two seasons of the X Files, for instance. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, we're just gonna jump right in, and we're gonna build our way over to MVP. Only a few of these. Not nearly as extensive as like our year-end blinkies. Uh, let's start with let's start with the start with the fun one. Best use mm-hmm. of superpowers. Uh, am I going first or are you? I don't care. I can go first. Go for it. I, I did like his hammer in this movie. Hammer's good. 
Hammer's good. It had the sonic wave. It had the um, magnet. Uh, it was it was it was a cool hammer. I, I liked it. If I saw this movie as a kid, I would have really enjoyed that hammer. I forgot that it was magnetic. Yeah, there's some fun stuff with that. So like, it, I think Shaq's uh, suit is magnetic too, right? So like, kind of well, like, it, like the, the the hammer turned on the magnet in his. That's what it was. And That's it was a was. super magnet, but it only attracted like the metal that he wanted it to. So it's a magical magnet, apparently. Um, I'm, that, I'm giving I'm giving the movie shit for like the only metal it ever attracted was like guns and knives, but in the street full of metal, like like all it all it gets is like the guns and knives, but whatever. It's yeah, it would it would have been great if like the like manhole covers and stuff started like pulling up, um, or, or or like like rich people getting getting robbed, right? Like all their oh, jewelry sure. comes to him and Shaq accidentally robs them. Um, <laughs> that actually would have been pretty funny. Um. I went with Sparks's wheelchair, and I don't mean for most of the movie. I mean the end of the movie when it gets weapons graded. <laughs> she starts firing missiles out of it. Kill him! Maybe not. It's one of those things that the whole time you're like, they're not gonna like. They see they see them working out. Like uh, Uncle Uncle Joe is like wrenching on it, and she's wrenching on it, and you're like, they're not gonna like. She's not going to fire like a weapon out of that thing, and she sure as heck does. And it's, <laughs> uh, I, I, it just, it, it, I didn't see it coming. I must have forgotten all about it. So, uh, Sparks's wheelchair. <laughs> I was, so... I'm gonna go with that. The rocket yeah, specifically. That's fair. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Great use of superpowers. I, I, I would like to, um, fire a rocket out of that thing. So, uh, yeah, that's my, that's my answer. Uh. Moments you wouldn't see today yeah. is kind of where I'm aiming for next. Okay, yeah. And so you're first. So what what would we see again today? I just I feel like we wouldn't superhero movies have gotten so precious with. I don't think that they would have let just like Shaq just be like the lead now. I mean, I think the closest yeah. we get to something like that, like obviously like The Rock is like a professional athlete and he played Black Adam, but he was an well-established box office draw for like 20 years and that movie didn't really matter anyway. He's like, he's like, he's like the only person that wanted to do it. Right. <laughs> I still think they'd be like, we're, we're relaunching. Uh, <laughs> James Gunn is not going to be casting like, uh, you know, <laughs> Steph Curry um, as a uh, Superman. You know what I mean? Like, right. They just won't do no, it. No, I, I, I got the same thing. Cause honestly, like well, nothing else in this movie, I think would would be like taboo for today. It's pretty you know tame. I mean? Yeah, it's pretty tame. Um, I, I think I think really the only thing is is them kind of banking on an up and coming like athlete star as mm-hmm. the lead of their movie. I mean, because especially because superhero movies these days are like hundreds of millions of dollars are sinking into it. They're not gonna like trust it to like Giannis you know, like, no, yeah, they're not gonna let Giannis just like, hey, you're gonna be or sure, you're gonna be booster like gold, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Joke, it's not gonna be the Joker, you know what I mean? Like, they're not gonna right. let him do that. Oh, you're on to something there, though, right? I like it, right? Kind of like a only <laughs> <laughs> we're still in the 90s. Um, I know <laughs> a 90s athlete version of modern MCU, <laughs> <laughs> there's some magic there. But yeah, I mean, I think that is like what stands out the most about it. Like that's what ties it 
most to like its decade, right? Is like Shaq mm-hmm. being there. <laughs> right. Uh, Best line. <laughs> Why don't you go first on this one? Okay. Um, you know, I kind of went with a line that stuck with me more than, I, I don't even know if I think it's a good line, but it got a chuckle out of me, mostly because it just, I don't even remember the context for this line. It just, I feel like, <laughs> I just remember hearing him saying like, what movie is this? <laughs> Why is this line in this movie? It comes from Uncle Joe, the Richard Roundtree character. He's, yeah. he's cracking wise the whole time. Most of his wise cracks didn't stick with me, but this one did. Well, I'll be dipped in shit and rolled in breadcrumbs. Yes, yes, that is so good. Yeah, I was like, all right. Like, especially because like it's a kids movie. I especially didn't expect that line. But like, I was like, okay, you got me there. I can't believe I forgot about that one. Yeah, that was one that uh, stood out to uh, uh, Trina immediately, uh, my lovely wife. Um, <laughs> that's pretty good. I did have a uh, my 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 line is sort of along those lines of like, what are you talking about? But um, I did have a runner up, and it's uh. Uh, officer marcus at one point he just, at one point he just goes like where did that son of a butt go <laughs> where did that son of a butt go that just feels very pg you know <laughs> the movie where they're dropping the like shit they're saying shit yeah like, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like oh we can't say bitch yeah, yeah. But the line I went with comes from I believe it's a Judd Nelson line and I think he's talking to uh Slats who's like just came back from robbing a uh, <laughs> robbing a bank, and like he's wearing all these like fancy clothes and all this stuff. And so Nelson's like, "Hey, like, wait, what are you doing? You get you're drawing too much attention." And uh, one of those lines that um, I'm sure Kenneth Johnson got from the streets. Uh, Slat goes like, "Hey, I'm just flossing right now, man." And Judd, <laughs> and Judd Nelson and Judd Nelson responds, "You floss too much, your gums start bleeding." What's wrong with a little flossing, man? You floss too much, man, and your gums will bleed. <laughs> Which I have some questions on, because I think that usually happens when you don't floss too often, is when your gums bleed. If you floss too much, I mean... Well, I guess also, at a certain point, you're just going to, like, if you're just flossing and flossing, you're going to damage your teeth. I mean, I think he's I, technically I guess, correct. Kind of like how drinking, drinking too much water can kill you, but, like, you got to drink a shit ton of water for that to kill you. I don't know how much you have to floss to where you're actually harming your gums to make them bleed, but you know, <laughs> it just has this, a fair point. It just has this air of like, uh, the kids are saying stuff like flossing now. Well, you know what? You floss too much. You know what happened? I don't know. It just, it's, like, it's just very strange. <laughs> like, we got stuck on it for a couple minutes because <laughs> I don't think, I don't think it was as cool as it, maybe it wasn't trying to sound cool. Maybe it was trying to give practical advice. I don't know, but it, I, I for thinking about it for as long as I did, I think it has to go for best line. So Fair that's enough. what Fair I did. Enough. Worst moment, um, I, I use with affection. Um, <laughs> there's actually a moment I love, but it's very strange. You mentioned like that rich couple that gets uh, um, robbed, right? Mm-hmm. And I, he event steal John Henry Irons or Jeremy Irons, whatever. Um, he gets <laughs> he gets all their stuff back. And he gives it back and he goes like, hey, uh, you know, you know, Shaq talks. He's like, uh, from the, uh, on behalf of the city of Los Angeles, I'd like to apologize. Then for whatever reason, I guess they're like outside like a mall or like a building, but there's this escalator. And Shaq just kind of gets on the escalator, turns around, 
And as it's going up, he's just like standing there staring at them <laughs> for a couple of beats before deciding to just like go up to that. It was very weird. I don't it know was. why it was there. And I, so I say worst moment. I don't know that I really mean that. It was, but it just stood out as so egregiously strange in a way that the rest of the movie really isn't. Like, why was he standing there for a couple seconds? Why was there an okay, escalator so, there? Can't speak to the escalator. I think he was standing there because they wanted he like because later on they give that interview where they're describing him. So the idea was like, mm. oh, they got a good look at him. Mm. But I don't, I don't fucking know. Like they described him as a really tall. African American man, like you don't need a huge right. look to like get that. But you might be onto something there. You, yeah. I think, I think I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you that. I'll give yeah. you that. But um, it was very strange. Um, what about your worst moment? Well, I think my worst moment is probably a pretty predictable moment for me. Um, it was, of course, in the the nearly climactic battle sequence, fight sequence. Uh, Shaq and Ray J get locked in a cage with a grenade. Uh-huh. And there's only a small little hole to like in the fence at the top of the cage in area for the grenade to be thrown out. And man, Jack, he's got to do it. He's got to <laughs> shoot that grenade through that hole. Throw it! I never make these. But he he just can't make a free throw to save his life. Except he can. He does. <laughs> um, and he he shoots. He even like does like the full like basketball like. Shot, mm-hmm. And he shoots that grenade through the through the small little hole in the fence. Yeah. He like bends his knees and stuff. Like yeah, he, does, he, he, he shoots it like how he shoots it in real life, like that one hand yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And it's, you, you gotta wonder how many how many takes that took. But, uh, <laughs> they were there uh, but all no, that, day. I mean, like uh, it just it just feels like it feels like if you and I in high school were like. <laughs> Hey, they're gonna put Shaq in a superhero movie, and we're like, wouldn't it be funny that I like shoot free throw to save the world? Um, and then they they fucking put it in the movie. They, <laughs> I, the free throw gag was awful and it aged terribly. <laughs> Maybe that's a moment you wouldn't see today. <laughs> uh, okay, well that you gave us your worst moment. What about your best? kind of a relative term i understand but mm-hmm. as i kind of alluded to earlier something that did work for me in this movie was the relationship between you know uh jack and and the character character and and i kind of you know i i i i like some of the early scenes of her on like the hospital and like her like when he's like trying to talk to her and she's just like staring off into space. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. is that why you stopped writing me? Didn't you get my letters? I got them. In the wheelchair you sent. Thanks. I, I didn't. I, I didn't necessarily care for the way that scene ended, where he like broke the window and like picked up her wheelchair. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. But but I but I just kind of like enjoy like the scenes with him in the hospital. I, this isn't necessarily a moment, more of like a. Kind of an ongoing thing in the first half of the movie, but like they, they kind of did a, a a decent job of, without making it too awkward and depressing. Like kind of portraying like the the, the injured soldiers what they go through, and I I like that. There's a, there's some sincerity there, right? That like is yeah. It's not a sarcastic movie, but it almost feels like they tried a little bit there because they kind of understood the gravity of what they were portraying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll give you that. You know, for my, you know, you mentioned 
um, Shaq throwing the uh, free throws or grenade is like something that we would have come up with in high school. <laughs> this is a disaster. I'm, I'm pretty sure we we did do something like that once, but we yeah, serious, so, I, I'm, um, yeah, yeah, we were 16. But um, I, you know, this is this is something like that made manifest, and that's why you know it's my best. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, what a miserable transition! It's like, well, your best scene was about. Um, the portrayal of wounded soldiers. Mine Shaq. We go for different things in our movie. Um, that's all. That's all. Um, yeah. Look, I don't know. I don't know. That, I don't know. There's much of a difference between my best moment and my worst moment, really. But it, I just, again, I think I was just so thrilled. Like, oh, they really did do this. Okay. I, I was really worried that like that was like something we made up, but it really happened. And uh, you know, <laughs> I think it speaks for itself. It, it, it has aged terribly. Like no one's gonna have any clue as what what that means. Like unless you were, I, mean, I don't I mean, know. That, they like, do, I don't they know do really, set it up a little bit, but like, but the whole cultural you, gravity of it is lost. Exactly. Yeah. Like like it's a running joke that Shaq was bad at free throws, so they put it in the movie. But you're right. Like if someone watches today, they'd be like, why they why they do all the stuff with like free throws? That's so weird. <laughs> MVP. So. I struggled with this one. I'm not fully confident with my answer now that we've had a uh, discussion about it. Okay. But um, to some degree, Shaq might secretly be the MVP of this movie. He's not very, I mean, we talked about it before, right? He's not, he's not very good, but he is charismatic in a way that no one else in the movie really is. I mean, you could say Irma P. Hall is the one putting any work here, but she's in the movie so little. Yeah, she's not she's not my MVP either. Even though I, I did sing her praises, I think she did a really good job with what she was given. But she's not able to save this movie. I think I, Jack I, is very defendable. We'll go on. Yeah, I think he's he's able to hang with Annabeth Gish, who is like a professional actress. She's not like the best performers ever lived, but he hangs with her. I, I and I do think I I wonder. And this is where I'm going to kind of close the loop on something you alluded to at the beginning of this episode, which is like, who are the other people that they were thinking about it? They wanted Wesley Snipes for this initially. Huh. Which is kind that of a... Uh, really good. Yeah. yeah. We'll get to talk about him when we get to Blade, but go on. Yeah, we'll be talking about him in just a couple weeks here. Um, he would have been better, but I almost wonder if you just swapped this script as it exists out with just like a better actor in the middle and nothing else. I don't know if the movie actually might have been worse. <laughs> that's a, that's a good point. So I think in That's a weird fair. way, in a weird way, Shaq is kind of what makes this, even though he's not good at all. <laughs> and I just don't know if there's anyone else I really feel comfortable giving MVP to. Um, I think that there are other defendable choices. But, you know, and also Shaq is maybe the only person we're ever going to talk about on this show that has actually won an MVP trophy. Um, That's a good point. So he has the resume for it. So, yeah, I'm in kind of a weak year, I, he is my top vote gutter, I think. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, my MVP is something we haven't actually talked about yet. Um, and it is Mervyn Warren, who did the music for this movie. Y'all be cool now. Okay. We it's something I was actually reflecting on when I decided making my MVP. Um, we don't oftentimes talk about the 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 score unless it's like Danny Elfman's like 
Batman score or something. You know what I mean? Unless like it's, right. uh, it's a really like big memorable part of, of, of culture. But I I really liked the score of this movie. Um, and Mervyn Warren, he's he's done a lot of movies. He won a Grammy for let's see, he won a Grammy for uh, best contemporary soul gospel album a couple times. So he's got, but he's done other movies. Like he did the Preacher's Wife soundtrack with Whitney Houston. And, um, you know, he's, so he's like a legit, like actual like musician. He like, he makes music. I mean, there's a couple of gospel numbers, but mostly what I liked from him is I felt like he did a really good job of like, the, the music I thought was, he, he kind of took like a typical superhero score and like made it funky. Like, ah, I, I, yeah, I get you. Yeah, I get. Yeah, you. There's, there's, a, there's a really good baseline in some of the action scenes. Like the action scenes themselves are boring, but I was like, I was like digging the music. I'm like, all right, yeah. So I think I legitimately feel like part of the reason he's, this movie's watchable is that the music is enjoyable, even if you're not like consciously paying attention to it. Like, I, I legitimately enjoyed the music throughout the whole movie, um, and so. He was he was my MVP for that reason. I think that's fair. I think the music, and I mean this in a complimentary way, kind of gives it like a kind of cool '90s Saturday morning cartoon kind of feel a little bit. Like, yeah, it, it, was, it was pleasant. It was pleasant. It was you know it had the orchestration, all like the, like the, the kind of like superhero movie, but then they added like a funky baseline, and it, it made its own thing at the same time. I don't know. No, I think that's a good pull. Uh, it's not something I would have thought of. I think you're right. I'm glad that we were able to kind of fit it in here because it warrants mentioning. But yeah, two fine MVPs, uh, indeed. Uh, lasting effect on the genre. We'll talk about that real quick, and then we'll rate this thing, and we will get on out of here. I don't see much, to be honest. I even think it's overshadowed in the category of like '90s, like movie starring Shaq. I think Kazam has all the <laughs> has all like the. Uh, <laughs> Kazam has all the gravity here, right? Like, that's the one yeah. everyone talks about. And mm-hmm. why not? It's He plays a genie and he has a big stupid hat and stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I get it. It doesn't even really even get credit, like, historically for being, like, a first black superhero because it came out, like, before, like, Spawn and, like, Meteor Man and Blank Man. Like, it just it, it feels like it's just short of, like, some historic first. Like Yeah. And then, like, around the corner is Blade, which is a successful yeah. movie. So yes, kind of yeah, yeah. This yeah, movie I, was yeah. This movie was a box office disaster, by the way. I think that should be stated. Um, yeah. Probably not surprising, but I also wonder if Batman and Robin kind of uh, messed this up a little bit, like you know, because that that the whole thing about that was you know cheesy and like toy toy based and mm-hmm. you know all this stuff and like too campy and stuff like that. I just wonder if like the window had shut on something like this because. You know, it's okay, not steal from the comics. I don't think the window was ever open for this movie. <laughs> Can't think of a time when like this movie would be a success. Um, you're probably right. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, as maybe maybe around the time of like Meteor Man and stuff, but like those movies didn't do well either. So I guess I guess you're right. <laughs> I, I'm surprised they never yeah, tried to reboot Steel. I'm surprised they never tried I, to reboot Steel. I, that, I will agree with that. I, I, I'm surprised too, but at the same time, Warner Brothers has been so terrible when it comes to their DC properties. I guess it shouldn't be. I mean, like, honestly, 
how many movies have we done so far? Like not including like the serial. Like how many movies have we done? Are we, <sighs> up, are we in like the thirties now? Probably. We're probably like in the thirties. Mm-hmm. Maybe pushing 40s. You'll probably do about 10 a season. And this is like our fourth yeah. round. So. Right. So, yeah. so we still haven't gone over. We haven't still haven't watched a Wonder Woman movie. Oh, we're going to be not going to be doing that for a long time. Yeah, you're not right. for a long time. Yeah. I mean, like Wonder Woman crazy. is one of, most, like, one of the most recognizable superheroes. Warner Brothers had the rights to all the DC heroes since the 70s. And all they've managed to be able to do was like. We got Supergirl. Batman, <laughs> Superman, Supergirl, but. She's tied to Superman, right? And then yeah, like yeah. other like other like pet Swamp pro- We got Swamp Thing before we, we got Swamp got. Thing, yeah. And like yeah, but like other pet projects, right? Like Steel right. is something that Quincy Jones wanted. You, you know, it wasn't something Warner Brothers was excited about. Right. And so right. you know, yeah, DC has been awful with their DC properties. Sorry, as in Warner Brothers has been awful with their DC properties. I mean, they've just been reluctant to make some movies, maybe because like They've had such mixed success, right? Like, they they couldn't keep it going, but nonetheless. Um... Yeah, and I think that's a real thing to track here because, as you alluded to, Blade uh, is right around the corner, and that kind of starts. That kind of starts Marvel's rise to prominence. I know it's ten years before like they really could do anything in house, but like the Marvel characters are about to start taking over here really soon, and um, mm-hmm. their only answer to that. Is gonna well as you'll see is gonna be like Batman basically just Batman 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 for a long time. Yeah. I'm just yeah I'm just surprised they never tried to like uncheesify this character and like the like they how they try to like reclaim Aquaman by making him like all buff and stuff. I just it just feels like it's right for something like that, but I don't think it's gonna happen for a while. Hopefully, hopefully the character comes back soon. Come on, James Gunn, let's do it. Come on. Get Steel 2 or Steel Reborn or whatever. Well, with all the multiverse stuff, I'd be down to see Shaq back in this role. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen The Flash, so maybe, maybe it's there. He could be in there. I mean, they brought back everyone else, um, <laughs> including some people who are not alive anymore. <laughs> uh, let's rate Steel. And I'm all Steeled out. Let's, oh, let's rate enough. this thing and we'll get out of here. Um yeah, we all got we got Leonard Malton's review. He says one and a half out of four. Now we got to figure out what we want out of ten. Ten what? Mm-hmm. We're gonna establish right now. Uh, four grenade basketballs out of ten, I think, is fair. It's not good, <laughs> but like I don't know. It's I'd go back to this before I'd watch like Crow Two or <laughs> like Spawn. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I I guess I was gonna give four and a half, which is the same thing I gave Spawn because. That's I fair. think Spawn is probably a technically better movie, but I enjoyed it less. So, um, uh, yeah. Four and a half fastball grenade. At a time. <laughs> uh, you know what? A life lesson, I think, is an easy one. I think Shaq shows... I, I, I only mean... I'm only, I'm only half kidding. I think he shows how, what it's like to, how to be a good friend to someone who is going through like a legitimate trauma. Um, he's a good friend to Sparks. And I think it's easy is, to like lose, lose sight of people like that because, you know, that's the kind of barriers that people go on when, you know, they lose... lose the, the use of their friends. Uh, they kind of get forgotten about because people don't know how to deal with it. But Shaq shows how, how to do it. You stand by them. They're still your friend. And you give them some rocket launchers to uh, fire out of that thing. I think. I, I think. Yeah. I don't know. I think. I think there's a lesson to be learned there, legitimately. 
<laughs> Maybe not the rocket launcher part, but uh, so, next. Uh, next I, yeah, I, would, I legitimately don't know what we're watching next week. Next week we're wrapping up 1997 with Star Kid, uh, Manny Cotto presents, and that's a name we should know because he was an executive producer of the back half of 24. A lot of the good and a lot of the bad uh, under his tutelage. Um, so that's Star Kid, uh, which I'm going to guess I haven't seen it before. Have you? I have not. It'll be a new one for both of us. This could be one of the last, kind of one of the last uh, movies that like, I, I think I, ha- I haven't seen. Um, they're going to become rarer and rarer here for sure. Um, mm-hmm. But that's next week. This week with Steel. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you like what you heard, you can follow us on Instagram at Pop Culture Historians Podcast. We are on Twitter at PC Historians. And you can catch us on our website, popculturehistorianspodcast.wordpress.com. Uh, if you look on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, you can check out our archives of past superhero movies. We've covered the 70s, 80s. We've covered the superhero serials of the 30s, 40s, and 50s, as Jimmy alluded to earlier. And if superhero movies aren't your bag, we got Doctor Who, classic Doctor Who coverage. We're going to be starting up uh, season five of classic Doctor Who uh, very soon. Uh, we're in the second Doctor era, so uh, check us out for that. And we think we just wrapped up our uh, coverage of Universal Monster Movies Part Two, uh, the sequels. So we have a whole match <laughs> of that. Between those three things, there's got to be something you like. I mean, come on, come on. <laughs> Just it's a really niche, niche thing, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, all right. So, yeah, next week, Star Kid. My name is Ryan. That was Jimmy. We are the Pop Culture Historians. Catch you next time.